This is a podcast from the Queen City Podcast Network. There's good all around us. Let's hear about it. Welcome to Do Good Charlotte on the Queen City Podcast Network. I'm Pamela Escobar. In each Do Good Charlotte podcast, you will find out who's helping, who could use a helping hand, and just how you can spread around your own good. In this episode of Do Good Charlotte, we're introducing you to an organization that's paving a path for rewarding jobs. This February, Share Charlotte is putting the spotlight on organizations that are building up our workforce. And we'll start with a question. What do a gaming organization, Lowe's, and the Charlotte Hornets have in common? They're working with a local nonprofit to create a pathway to skill trade jobs. They're all partnering with Crossroads Corporation for an inaugural program. And Tiffany Capers, the executive director, is here to tell us about the impact it's making on people's lives. Tiffany, welcome to Do Good Charlotte. Thank you, Pam. Glad to be here. So, Tiffany, let's first start off with you um, and talk a little bit about your background before we get into Crossroads. So, um, what brought you to the nonprofit world? I have honestly only worked in nonprofit or public sector spaces for my career. And I would say the common theme through all the positions I've had is that I've really worked to try to bring margins to center. Um, having worked at the city of Charlotte with the Small Business Development Program, having worked at Teach for America, which focuses on education equity, and now at Crossroads, a nonprofit organization that is supporting the Great Heights community, it really is about how do I leverage my talent, skills, abilities, whatever they might be, to ensure that all of our neighbors really have the best opportunity to live their best lives, to live into their fullest potential. So I've been to Greer Heights um, several times, uh, specifically when I was a reporter, and there are awesome people in that neighborhood that are mm-hmm. really trying to turn things around. Yes. What, why Greer Heights? How did you find Greer Heights? And what are you trying to, how are you trying to help? Yes, so I found Greer Heights as a result of a partnership with United Way. I've been working at Teach for America for a little while, and I began to feel this pull to work in a nonprofit that was really focused on the community. Having spent the formative years of my career at the city of Charlotte, I was really very much vested in Charlotte as a place. So I wanted to get back to that. So the executive director position at Crossroads was becoming available. Had a conversation with some folks at United Way, and they said, you know, you might want to explore this opportunity, and so I did. So Greer Heights just really represents a community in Charlotte that, again, is deserving of all of our resources, all of our attention because of the people there, because of the history of that, of the community. Having been founded by a former enslaved black man, there's just richness in the soil, there's richness in the history, there's richness in the legacy, and people there deserve as much attention as anywhere else in the community. I love that. I did not know the history of that, so I appreciate you sharing that. Mm-hmm. Do, you, do people who live in the community, are they aware of the history? Absolutely. It is very much a part of the identity of the community. Greer Heights is about 15% rental. I'm sorry, 15% home ownership. Most of the people there are renters. And a lot of what we do at Crossroads through our programming is make sure that the current generation of residents and the future generation of residents really have an appreciation for how this community was founded. Sam Billings was the former enslaved black man who acquired property in Mecklenburg County, the first black man in the county to do so. So he had a vision of Greer Heights today 100 years ago, more than 100 years ago. Arthur Greer came along and developed some of the first homes in the community. So he was the first developer of Greer Heights, and he did so for soldiers returning home from World War II because at that time, black people couldn't live 
anywhere. They couldn't live everywhere. And again, he had a vision for what could be, and he decided to develop the community and provide home ownership opportunities for persons who wanted to have that piece of the American dream. So people in the community do realize what they are living in and living among. And I think the challenge before me and my team and others in Charlotte is to make sure that what was true 100 years ago is still true today, that people in the community have an opportunity to be homeowners and to live, quote unquote, the American dream. I think what's also interesting, and I don't know the years on this, but I know that there was a time where if you were African-American, you could not own property in Charlotte. And so um, that was a huge barrier how how someone would be able to obtain land and then have the ability to then give it to their family or to do different things. And um, so that's that's impressive that to not only have the vision, but then have the ability to do so. Absolutely. And if you think about the resources that Mr. Billings had to accumulate to do that, um, having been a former enslaved person, that he literally gave his blood, sweat, and tears for people who are living in the community today. So that's a tremendous legacy and tremendous history to, to stand on and be proud of. And so the residents know it. And having been in Charlotte for a number of years prior to working for the organization and supporting the community, it's not a history that a lot of people know. And it's not a, not a history that a lot of people are aware of. And actually, the Greer home sits facing Monroe Road, just behind Lupe's. Lupe's, in fact, was owned by Mr. Greer. And the Mexican restaurant across Monroe Road was owned by Mr. Greer. So there's some dispute about the boundaries of the community, whether it extended beyond Monroe Road, because it's unlikely, perhaps, that a black man in that day and time would have been able to acquire property, perhaps outside of the community. So that's what's just down the road, just down 7th Street, that rich history and that we need to honor that and, and pay it forward, if you will, with everything that we do today. That's awesome. Um, I'm, I'm so thankful that you're here today and to share all this with us. Um, so let's talk about, um, so you're, you're in the community. Yes. You know that community, clearly. Um, how did you get these partners? Yes. And what are you guys doing? We have been so fortunate to have a variety of partners over the life and tenure of the, of the Crossroads community, uh, Crossroads organization, my apologies. And we uh, had worked with Hornets years ago. They did some renovations to the community center that we occupy. And probably at the end of 2019, beginning of 2020, I had a conversation with some folks at Hornets. They wanted to start their legacy project initiative. They wanted to come back into the community, but they didn't want to necessarily build a basketball court. Basketball is great. We love the Hornets. I'm not a player. No one wants to see me play. But basketball was obviously their their claim to fame. But they didn't want to just come in and do something that was just strictly around sports. So I had a conversation about the community center and how it is the lifeblood of the community, all the programs that we administer, all the programs we facilitate there. And Hornets came through, saw the community center, saw what we were working with, and decided, yes, we can make an investment here. So year one of the program was the facility, making sure we renovated some of the space, expanded some of its usefulness, utility, and so they did that. It's a mural, uh, beautiful space for teenagers to sort of hang out, it renovated the library space. It's 
been an awesome experience. Is it be- is it behind the elementary school? It is. Okay. So yes. I'm, I'm just making sure that I'm picturing it. And it so um, it's an old schoolhouse, right? It is. It's okay. a Rosenwald school. If you're familiar with the history of Rosenwald schools, Julius Rosenwald was a philanthropist who uh, partnered with Booker T. Washington and built all of these schools throughout the Southeast really to educate sharecroppers' children. So the school that we are in Billingsville Elementary School. The original Billingsville Elementary School is a Rosenwald school. So the community center is a former Rosenwald school. You come into the buildings, you see the original hardwood floors. We renovated the space, but the windows, where the windows are positioned, are what was designed in the 1920s to make sure that sunlight bathed the room where it was a two-room schoolhouse it was designed so that it would be optimized for the time and the space and what we could afford, if you will, as a black community in that day. So it's one of the originals, probably one of the only ones standing because many of them were wooden. This one happens to be brick. So it is original brick that's on that building that still serves the community today. That's awesome. It's amazing that, sh- that the Hornets helped. And then it sounds like Lowe's did as well. Absolutely. So Hornets and Lowe's partnered together to renovate the space. And again, it was a legacy project. So they committed to be with us for three years. Year one was the building. Year two, the people. Pathway program. Pathway program. So tell me what that is. Absolutely. So the Pathway program is a partnership with Potions and Pixels. And they came in with this really innovative idea on how to help create a pathway to economic mobility, trying to identify ways for people to get the skills they needed to take advantage of the construction boom that's in Charlotte. How do we get people to take advantage of workforce needs, employment opportunities, by helping them develop the skills they needed to become employable? So Potions and Pixels, in partnership with Lowe's and Hornets, created this 13-week program, how to introduce people to the electrician trade so that people can begin to get the jobs that they need to earn the wages that they need to enjoy the lives they deserve. So that's um, an, a smart idea. I mean, take take what's happening. Charlotte's growing. Absolutely. There's building everywhere. Absolutely. Why shouldn't the people who live there be building it. Absolutely. And so 13 weeks and then you in the electrician trades. Yes. And um, that's that's pretty awesome. So yes. how many people so far? I know it's just starting. So, yes. you know, no pressure. So with our first cohort, we honestly had over 80 people to apply to be a part of the program, which just speaks to the level of interest that people have in improving their own circumstances. I think sometimes there's a, a mis gnome or misbelief, misimpression, misconception around people who are experiencing economic poverty, that they are not interested in bettering their lives or bettering their circumstances. Statistically, the majority of people in Greer Heights work. The annual median income, though, is less than $20,000 a year. So it's not a matter of not wanting to be employed or not being employed. It's a matter of lining up the skills and experiences that people have with jobs and opportunities that, again, help them to lift themselves up into a pathway of economic mobility. So out of the 80 or so people we had apply, we were only able to have 22 people in the class. Mm. So 22 persons went through the 13-week program, and I believe five of them have already been placed. A part of the program was not only giving them the skills, but also making sure that they have jobs at the conclusion of the program. So that's what we have been focusing on since December, making sure those program participants have what they now need to become gainfully employed 
in the sector that they have found interesting, meaning construction trades. Right, because that's what's important for people to realize is that a livable wage is not an easy thing to attain. So it doesn't mean that people aren't working, like Absolutely. you said. It just means that they're not necessarily working in an environment where they can earn not only a livable wage, but like you said, lift themselves up. Absolutely. So, well, that's phenomenal. Um, you've been with the organization how long? Since April 2019. So, uh, wow, that's fun. <laughs> COVID, all that stuff. Yay. Um, yeah, so that's that's impressive to have results um, through through all this. Why do you do this? Wow. I think in this moment, it is the human thing to do. I've really been struggling of late with um, just how to show up as a human being and to make sure that I am using my life, my time on the planet to be of service, um, to recognize the humanity in other people, and to try to work to ensure that everyone has the same things that I want. Crossroads focuses on the social determinants of health in terms of our work, which reflects basically five aspects of anyone's life, whether it's a house, whether it's education, whether it's healthcare, jobs. Those are all the things that I want. And I have this weird idea that if I want them, there might be other people who want them. And if I deserve them, there might be other people who deserve them. So that's what drives me, quite honestly, is that I want to be in a position where I am of service to humanity. And I think in this moment, um, with a lot going on this week, we need to get back to some of that. Like seeing other people across the table, across the room, across whatever geographic boundaries we might put in place, across racial ethnic boundaries might put in place, um, whether it's on a football field, whether it's in the street, that we see people as human beings and give them what we feel we deserve. I'm talking to Tiffany Capers. We'll be right back. you turn to stay in touch with the city around you. Broadcast news isn't what it used to be. And commercial radio doesn't scratch that itch. If only there was one place you could get it all, when you want, wherever you want, on your schedule. There is the Queen City Podcast Network. Listen to your city on your schedule at queencitypodcastnetwork.com and everywhere you get your podcasts. I'm back with Tiffany Capers. Tiffany, tell me about um, some of the people who've gone through the Pathways program. Absolutely. So the first cohort of participants, I would say, range from early 20s to probably late 30s, early 40s. And so just a range of life experiences, a range of highs and lows in that cohort. Uh, one participant in particular that I know of um, has experienced homelessness, um, has had some challenges in his family, um, have had incidents of mental health 
challenges, um, physical abuse, and has been the rock for his family. Um, he had a situation where one of his siblings needed to get to the hospital, and they walked to the hospital. So what we're trying to do is not just look at a way to provide um, a pathway again to a job. It is a pathway to a level of stability. It's a pathway to a level of, again, treating people with regard and seeing them and seeing that they are worthy and deserving of all the opportunities that anyone else has. Just because I say this to my daughter all the time, because they're on the planet, that's enough. Because you're here, you deserve to have the same opportunities that everyone else has. And it's not easy to create those opportunities. Um, it's not easy for them to even sustain in the midst of those opportunities because life happens. Life happens all the time, simultaneously. And so figuring out how to even be a champion for people when they sometimes can't be a champion for themselves is a part of the work that we're doing. So that cohort, they're on their way. We are hopeful to have more workforce development initiatives in the community. We're a nonprofit, so it takes funding. And it takes, a part of the program was offering participants a stipend because they could not afford to not be at work, right. not earning some income to be in a class to better themselves. And that's the sort of interesting conundrum we find ourselves in, that people want the opportunities and want to take advantage of it. But if I have to leave my job and leave my hourly wage, where is that income going to come from? How, how am I going to make that up. So part of the program included a stipend for participants to help offset some of those quote unquote opportunity costs that when we are sitting in certain spaces and places, we think, oh, just sign up for a class. Oh, just do this. But it's not ever that easy. So we try to factor that into our programming as well. How can we make this truly an opportunity and make it as, as um, responsive to people's realities as possible? Right. Because the reality is, is if you're not making a livable wage, how can you just put that even whatever you're making, you still have to pay rent. You Absolutely. still got to eat. You still, I mean, Absolutely. you have bills. That doesn't disappear. Absolutely. So can, if people want to donate and help with that stipend, yes, please. how do they do that? Yes. So the easiest way is to go to our website, crossroadscorporation.org, and make a contribution, make a donation. We are trying to start another program with another nonprofit organization and taking participants from the 13-week program and even into a six-month program for apprenticeships, again, in the construction field because those jobs are, are plentiful and they are viable with respect to income levels. So that's what we are doing now, partnering with another nonprofit organization to, again, expand this opportunity for more participants to take advantage of, of this career life-changing experience. So if people want to give, crossroadscorporation.org is the best place to go and make a donation there. That will help us tremendously. And you spell out corporation, the whole thing? We do. Okay. Yes. Well, just, I'm just, yes. so people, Thanks for asking. And, yes. and if you don't know how to spell it, just Google it. It's not yes. That, um, not that hard, but it's important that they, they put that whole thing in. And, um, and what's the goal? So uh, for, for one person to, for a stipend, like how much do you need? We, we are only paying, I say only, we're paying $15 an hour. Only? Um, no, that's right. Because it's not a little, right, right. That's what they're making if they're lucky yes. at their day job. Yes. And so we had 80 people to apply for the potions and pixels. We had space for 22. Right now we have in our budget to have a program for just five people because that's what we can afford in terms of stipend. If we had more money, 
we could introduce more people to this next level of opportunity. So if anyone is interested in supporting our workforce development initiatives, because that's really a central focus for us in 2023, is making sure that people have those opportunities. Again, we have the mental health support. We have the physical health support. We have all the other pieces that we're putting in place. I'm building houses as an affordable housing developer, but I want to make sure that people can afford the houses I'm building. So I have to get them jobs. I have to make sure that they're working. And so that's the path we're on as well. So it sounds like you're transforming Greer Heights and really making that dream a reality. We are trying. We are trying to do good. <laughs> we are we are really trying to do good. Um, it's daunting. Um the forces of, of gentrification, we're not immune to those. I tell people every day I'm a nonprofit, but I don't get a nonprofit discount on anything. The land costs what it costs. Building a house costs what it costs. So I have to find other ways and mechanisms to drive down the cost of our homes to make sure that they are affordable and attainable. So we are, we are at the wheel um, we are at the helm. We are, again, trying to do the good thing. But it takes resources to make that happen, um, financial resources, and it takes philosophical resources. We need people to understand philosophically the benefit of home ownership and to be allies with us in that work and to recognize that home ownership is a form of of justice. There's a quote by Martin Luther King that talks about philanthropy and how philanthropy is, is good. But we have to really understand why philanthropy has to be in place. And if you substitute the word nonprofit for philanthropy, you have to really understand why nonprofits have to be in place. Like, why is it necessary for nonprofits to be in place to address housing insecurity and food insecurity and and job insecurity? Because systemically. Because of the systems that are in place. So we are about the work of addressing the immediate needs, but we also need people to help us address the systemic needs so that we can really begin to change and turn the tide for folks in Greer Heights and really people in the community at large. Well, thank you so much, Tiffany. It was so nice to meet you. Do you know someone else like Tiffany who's doing good in our community? Let me know. Tell me about someone or a nonprofit organization that should be heard on Do Good Charlotte. Reach out to me, Pamela Escobar, on social media. I'm Reporter Pam on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Or go to the Queen City Podcast Network page and fill out the contact form for Do Good Charlotte. A big thanks to Share Charlotte. Make sure you use the hashtag Do Good Charlotte and head to sharecharlotte.com to find nonprofits looking for your help. There's good all around us. Let's hear about it. Queen City Podcast Network.com.